In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about money for the next few weeks. And in my 30-plus years of preaching, I've observed that no other topic, except for perhaps the topic of chastity, creates tension and gets people's attention quite like talking about money. Our use of money and our attitudes towards money reveal what is important to us. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our society is anxious about money. The news is filled with job reports, stock market updates, and other economic measurements that suggest that our quality of life, our happiness, if you will, depends upon our economic or financial state. The key goals of life in our system, it seems, are to make a lot of money and then to save for vacations, education, and retirement. If you plan right, you can spend your golden years on a yacht at sea whale watching or retire to some elegant cottage on a remote beach. <clears throat> of course, there are problems with this vision. The economy may take your job away. A stock market downturn might eliminate most of your wealth in a short period of time. Illness might render you unable to travel. And then, of course, there is this thing called death that can take it all away at any moment. Anxiety about money permeates our world because we know intrinsically that money and the things it buys us are tenuous. Our economy is, in fact, a house of cards that depends entirely on faith, that everyone will continue to pay everyone else what they owe. <clears throat> the words of Jesus in St. Luke's Gospel come to mind. He said, quote, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have nowhere to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones. And I will store up all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have stored up many goods for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So, Jesus says, is he who lays up treasure for himself but is not rich towards God. Jesus connected the worship of money or mammon with anxiety. He said, quote, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or what you will wear. 
Jesus is not here suggesting that anxious thoughts or worry can be turned off the way we turn off a light switch. And if we're feeling anxious, few things are less helpful than someone coming up to us and saying, oh, don't worry about it. Rather, Jesus is teaching us that just as the activities that comprise our service to mammon produce anxiety, so the activities that comprise our service to God produce or cultivate in us the ability to trust God and the experience of God's peace and God's joy. Thus, Jesus says, quote, Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As the activity of worrying about things is replaced by the activity of seeking first the kingdom of God, Worldly anxiety is replaced with God's peace. We talk constantly here about what we call the life of prayer. The term life of prayer refers to the spiritual disciplines that give incarnational form to our faith. The way we train ourselves day in and day out to seek first the kingdom of God. And these disciplines are rooted in a series of firsts or in a principle of firsts. We worship on the first day of the week. We begin the day with prayer. We say grace before a meal. The first part represents the whole. We worship on the first day of the week to dedicate the entire week to God. We begin the day in prayer to dedicate the whole day to God. We offer thanksgiving for the meal to offer all he has given us to God in thanksgiving. We commit our money to God through the tithe. Tithe means tenth. We tithe when we give the first tenth of our income back to God. The first part represents the whole. When we offer God the first part, we dedicate all that we have to him. The principle of the tithe is present throughout the Bible. It is present in the Bible before God gave the law to Moses. It was present in Genesis 4. Abel brought his sacrifice, his tithe to God. He offered to God the first and best of his flock and God accepted his offering. Cain, in the same story, offered some grain, and God did not accept his offering. Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, committed his life to God, saying, quote, of all that you give to me, I will surely give a tenth to you. The tithe is present in the law of Moses. Leviticus proclaims, quote, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the land, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. The tithe is present in the New Testament. Jesus criticized 
the Pharisees for their failures of justice and mercy and faithfulness, but he said that they were right about their meticulous practice of tithing. Tithing is a form of prayer. We say to God, I give you my tithe to acknowledge that all that I have belongs to you. Put your blessing upon the rest and make it sufficient to meet all the needs that I have. The tithe is thus an act of faith. We give it to God before we have paid anything else. As Hebrews says, quote, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The disciplines of seeking first the kingdom of God are the foundation for faithful behavior. As we begin the week and the day in prayer, we are more mindful of living for the glory of God and for the good of others. As we commit our money to God with a tithe, we develop a detachment from our money and we find freedom from covetousness. We learn to live life generously with an open hand. We receive the blessings that God gives to the generous. As Jesus said, quote, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Conversely, the failure to translate our faith into tangible spiritual disciplines of prayer and giving is the main reason many Christians are filled with the anxiety that comes from the world rather than with the peace that comes from God. Some people assume that a church in Newport Beach is sustained mainly by the large gifts of wealthy people. The truth is that our ministry has been sustained for the 31 years I've been here by faithful members, ordinary faithful members who tithe. Multiple blessings come from the discipline of tithing. The giver is blessed by a freedom from covetousness, by God's provision and peace, and by treasures in heaven that cannot be taken away by the changing fortunes of life in this world. Tithing blesses the church because it gives the church the resources it needs to carry out the ministry God has called it to carry out. And tithing blesses the unbelieving world because it makes it possible for the gospel to be preached by the church more effectively. St. Matthew's Church and our larger movement has tremendous opportunities for mission and ministry. Our tradition has unique resources to contribute to the mission of the church in our time. I offer thanks to God for the faithful members whose faithful tithing has made our ministry possible. And I invite those of you who do not now tithe to support our ministry by offering your tithe to God through our church. The words 
of God through the prophet Malachi still apply to God's people. Quote, Bring the full tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.